What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And today, I want to pause. I want to thank you so much for tuning in, for lending your ears, for giving us your time here on this show. Your support means the world to us, and I cannot thank you enough for it. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. I want to drop a reminder here that we have officially opened our Dad the Man Facebook group for the men, husbands, and fathers who listen to this show and want to connect with us more on a deeper level, walk through life with a different group of guys who are all going through the same things together. We're doing the best that we can to love and lead our families from the front. It's a free group, so there's no excuse not to join. You can find us on Facebook. The group is called Dad the Man. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash Dad the Man, or you could just go to the group section within your Facebook page and search Dad the Man. All you got to do is request to join and we will let you in. So I really appreciate that. I would love to see you on the other side. So today's guest is none other than the Scott Panchik. Scott is a CrossFit Games veteran who has competed in every year since 2012 and finished within the top 10 all but twice. And he also finished in fourth, which was his best finish. And he did that three different times. In the world of CrossFit, Scott is a machine. He's a testament to the word consistency. He's a truly seasoned veteran who poured his all into the sport of fitness before retiring, ultimately after the 2021 CrossFit Games. Patrick was awarded the Spirit of the Games Award in 2021, which is awarded to one athlete each year who embodies CrossFit's values during the most difficult of competitions, those who exhibit the character, commitment, and camaraderie the sport seeks to cultivate in its training and competitions. Now, even though he's retired, he continues to pour his heart and soul into CrossFit and runs his affiliate gym called CrossFit Mentality. Towards the end of our conversation today, Scott tells a story of how he came to his faith in Christ, how he overcame his insecurities, intimidation, of not knowing the Bible like he thought he should. And it was such a vulnerable expression that I certainly can relate to. And hearing his testimony absolutely helped me, and I hope that it will serve you as well. Scott is full of energy, and he's known for always wearing an ear-to-ear smile. He's such a fun dude, and I really enjoyed our conversation. But above it all, he's an incredible man, husband, and father, and it was an honor to host him here on the show. So here's my conversation with the Scott Panchik. And we are live with CrossFit Games veteran, the one and only Scott Panchik. Scott, I want to first thank you so much for making some time for us today on the show. Man, over the course of your career, you have been this pinnacle of the word consistency with a decade's worth of phenomenal finishes at the Games, mostly within the top 10. It's just remarkable what you've been able to accomplish and for the length of a t- the length of time you've been able to accomplish it for. I mean, all along the way, I've been a fan of yours. And I'm just super excited to have the opportunity to have you here on the show, man. This is, this is huge for us. We're super excited to have you. So with all that being said, Scott Panchik, welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. I'm happy to be here and thanks, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So one of the first things that we usually do, I like to go back in time, give everybody a chance to get to know you a little bit where you came from. So if you don't mind, let's go back in time. Tell us a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, family dynamics, siblings, what you were into, the whole nine yards there. All right. So uh, let's go back to my childhood. I was a preemie. So uh, I actually um, 
I actually had last rights when I was born. I was not supposed to make it. So I was premature. Wow. Um, I think it was like right around two, two and a half months. Like it was really, really early. Uh, I was in the NICU for a while and wow. um, fast forward, you know, I end up pulling through and uh, I'm one of six kids. So I uh, am second in line and um, growing up in a, in a big house, I played a, a lot of sports. Um, I, I always joke and, and say that my dad, I feel like has been training me for the CrossFit games, even though it wasn't a thing <laughs> back then. Yeah. Since I was a kid, like I have memories of running to hockey practice with my stick above my head and uh, <laughs> doing like practice trial triathlons in my driveway with like transitioning from my, you know, swim to bike and bike to run. Um, but my, my childhood was playing a lot of different sports. The first sport I played was hockey. I, was, I learned how to ice skate uh, very early on. I'd say right as I was learning how to walk, my, my dad was like, all right, time to put you on some skates, boy. Wow. <laughs> um, so we, we were playing hockey. And as my parents had more kids, it was an expensive sport. So we kind of transitioned into football and you know, swimming and uh, my siblings and us, or all of us have, uh, you know, played a, all the sports uh, that you could imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, football was the, the sport that I was probably most interested in growing up and what I dedicated a lot of my, my time and even ran track for football. I wasn't like, I've never been a big fan of running more than probably <laughs> 40 yards, but uh, knew I needed to run track to get faster for football and then I also was a wrestler um, throughout my, my childhood. But uh, fast forward, went on to college. Uh, Mount Union uh, College uh, was, was the school at the time. Now it's University of Mount Union. So boy, have the times changed. Uh, <laughs> they're growing up as well as I am. I went there to study health and phys ed. Um, my wife and I both Went to school there and uh, I played football there. I was a running back and slot receiver. And uh, yeah, I don't know how much more you want, want me to get into. So I, every I mean, sport <laughs> under the sun, it sounds like you. I mean, you said you were training, basically training for it by accident at a young age. And it sounds like that was the case. I couldn't imagine putting a young kid on ice skates. That's actually pretty impressive. I'm, I've got a five and three year old. I'm thinking about throwing them on there. And I have a pretty good idea how that how that would end. Yeah, they have those little walkers that they now like you put them on the ice, they got the little tennis balls and you can kind of walk almost like think of uh, you ever see the, the little I don't even know what they're called. My daughter was was in it when she couldn't walk it, it just like you're you're like, uh, like the little bouncy things. Yeah, like yeah, little, yeah. you got the yabba dabba do, you know, Flintstone <laughs> where you can use your legs and but your oh, yeah. arms, your upper body are supported. So yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's awesome. So then you, you you mentioned you played college football. Talk to me a little bit about that experience, what that experience was like for you, maybe any lessons or takeaways that you have from that. Yeah, looking back, uh, when I made that transition from high school to, to college, I think one of the things that I didn't really understand was I, I just wanted to be an athlete. I wanted to win. Uh, my high school career in football was like, wasn't great. Our team, I think we went two and seven and one and eight which was like really, really hard. So I wanted to be part That's of the winning. Oh yeah. I wanted to be part of a winning program. And when I went to explore what school I wanted to go to, I went and visited a division three school, which if you know a lot about sports in college is division three, you don't 
there's no way to earn a uh, athletic scholarship. Mm-hmm. So I always say like, if you're going to division three, like you're going to pay to play. And, <laughs> uh, and looking back, I'm like, man, I could have, could have probably saved a lot of money <laughs> football because it, uh, you know, I blew out uh, my knee. I tore my ACL, MCL meniscus, and my right knee, my PCL, and my left knee. Man, and then ended up re-tearing my ACL and my right knee my senior year. So I've had three knee reconstructive surgeries from playing college football. So looking back, I'm like, man, like football was great. I had a ton of ex- great experiences, but it beat the crap out of me. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about the idea of – so you've got a daughter now. If you have any boys, how do you feel about the idea of them playing football one day? I think hockey would have been my sport. But I go. think it would have changed the trajectory of my life. I might be in like Canada – swinging a hockey stick around right now saying you know spending most of my days in a, in a hockey rink instead of uh <laughs> instead of being in a gym so yeah. everything happens for a reason i met my wife in college as well so nice. um we didn't date in college but um we met each other had a lot of classes she studied health and phys ed as well and we reconnected after college so uh, a lot of good things came from it as well there you go. Very cool. So you're yeah. sitting there, you basically blow up both, both your knees. You've got all these surgeries going on. Like you said, you tear your ACL your senior year and you're just, I, I'm imagining the transition from that. Like most people I think have that kind of knee injury and they're like, well, I just, I just don't run anymore. I just don't lift weights anymore. And they just kind of yeah. write it off. You kind of go the other way and say, all right, now I'm just going to go pursue being the world's fittest man. What was that transition like, the recovery, yeah, and then so maybe how you got into CrossFit? There was definitely a point in my life that uh, was not good. It was definitely, I would say, my low point in my life was when I blew out my ACL my senior year. Uh, so I was a, a fifth-year senior going in for my last year, and I ended up blowing out my ACL in camp. And I played in the first game with it you know, in a, in a knee brace and, mm-hmm. uh, um, just, I couldn't do it. So yeah. I went and I was like, I need to get this fixed. I'm going to be done here in with, you know, school this year. I need to be ready to start my life as a, you know, I was a school teacher and a football coach. And that was, that was where my life was moving in that direction. It was like, okay, now it's time for me to be, go be the coach and be the teacher and, and do that. But there was this like, very low part of my life where after I had surgery or even right before I had surgery, it was just like, I I felt like my identity had been like stripped away. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting because it happened, like it it kind of happened again. And and each time has made me into a a better person and a better version of myself. And the, the first time around is like, I blow out my knee and I'm identifying myself as I'm a football player. I'm a football player. You know, you asked me who I was in high school and college. I'm a football player. And then, um, and when you put your identity in one thing, especially something like that, and it gets taken from you, it's really, really easy to start questioning a lot of things in your life and, you know, waking up and, you know, not really knowing like, what am I supposed to do next? And like, how do I decide what I'm going to do next? And, you know, and you, you go by, okay, who am I surrounded by in that moment? I was surrounded by a bunch of young men in college and young men in college, most of the time are not making very good decisions unless you were very <laughs> blessed and you got some good 
people around you, you're probably making some bad choices. And uh, I look back at the person I was uh, in college and I am not proud of that. I'm not proud of that person. And I'm not that same person anymore. And, um, but it doesn't mean that I, I don't need to go through that time to, to figure it out and, you know, take a good hard look in the mirror. And, you know, at a certain point, uh, I made the decision to, you know, Hey, it's time for me to grow up. Like I need to be ready for this, this job. So, you know, I, I fast forward, I graduate from college and it's time to put all the like little kid stuff behind you. The, the, the quote unquote, like experiencing college that everybody talks about. And, uh, I look back at that and I'm just like, man, like, that's just, it was just not, not moments that, that I was proud of, but I knew, okay, I got to take steps forward. I ended up picking up my life. I lived in um, Pittsburgh, like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, about 20 minutes north of there. And uh, I went to a high school called Highlands High School. And I, you know, went home for that summer and, you know, said goodbye to my family and my friends. And I packed up and I moved to Menor, Ohio, which is not too far from Cleveland. And I took a teaching job uh, at a high school and a uh, strength and conditioning position and a football coaching position along with a middle school wrestling position. So I was like, I'm just going to like get to work and, and all the things that I used to work so hard for, for football, I'm going to work hard for, you know, as a, as a coach and, and as a teacher. And I got into the schools and I was still doing CrossFit at the time. I had started back in 2008 and it was just something I had used uh, this after my second knee surgery to recover and rehab. Uh, my family was going through some some difficult times. Uh, my brothers were in a bad accident. I was coming back from knee surgery and we all kind of reconnected. And then, you know, I tr- kept doing CrossFit and it was kind of my form of de-stressing and just kind of chipping away at like, oh, I like want to learn this skill, want to learn that skill, but never with the idea like I'm going to go compete at the CrossFit games or go on to, the, you know, open a gym or do anything like that. It was just like, I'm going to do this because it's going to make me a little bit better. And that whole mindset carried over as I got into teaching and coaching. And, and I realized like, okay, I got to keep doing that because like working out and bettering myself and getting healthy again is allowing to allowing me to be a better coach and uh, a better teacher. And it was energizing me to do those things. Mm -hmm. So I was starting to see like, okay, I gotta, I gotta take care of myself before I can take care of others. And uh, I was living on my own. So like, I didn't have a lot of friends and family in the area. So I was burying a lot of my time and, and effort into, into teaching and to coaching, which was great and rehabbing my knee and getting healthy again. And like the kids, the kids were excited. Some of the kids were very excited about working out. And that was like, made me excited about working out and wanting to show them. And I wanted to be like, the coach that could still do it. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like uh, as a health and phys ed teacher, I wanted to be the guy that practices what he preaches. Like I wanted to be able to run laps around the track with the kids. And I wanted to be able to demonstrate a good squat to, to depth and, and, and all of those things. Um, but I was still very much like missing something in my life. And I felt like I was spending a lot of time as a school teacher. And even as a, as a coach at times, um, you know, just, not having the like the the platform and the I guess the the right people to 
to, to really share everything that I was learning and understand, uh, kind of diving into with, with CrossFit. So I did one of the scariest things in the world is, uh, after my, at, well, I guess I, I got to talk about my first year competing before I talk about the scariest thing in the world, because that was pretty scary too. But, uh, 2012, I was still teaching uh-huh. and oh, decided that I was going to do the open. And that was my first year competing in the open. And I was like, I'm going to just sign up. I'm going to see how I do. Uh, I've been doing it for, I think, three or four years by at that point. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to see how I do. And I signed up and <laughs> I tied some Russian guy for <laughs> the first open workout for the, for winning the first open workout, seven minutes of burpees. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, I was shocked. I was like, wow. Oh, wow. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at burpees and uh, <laughs> I think I'm pretty good across it. And I do the workout um, and I'm like, like shocked. So I'm like, all right, this is cool. Like I'm going to go and do this next workout. And it was like snatches. And it was like a movement that I was still developing on the bars that I was using. Didn't even spin like, Oh man. Like they were not Olympic weightlifting bars. And I didn't know any, I didn't know any better. I just used what I had. Yeah. So I go do the snatch workout and get crushed. And I was just like, <laughs> oh man, this is hard. So it was like something that was like very low level entry. Like everyone can do burpees. And then I go and do something complex and I'm like, I get humbled very quickly. So I was like, man, this is cool. Like something, I, something I like, something I need to get better at. And it just made me want to keep chipping away. So I joined a gym and I try to go out there as often as I can uh, leading up to regionals. I end up taking the last qualifying spot out of the central East. I take fifth. And then I went on to the games and took fourth. And I just felt like, I was like, man, I'm getting better and better and better. This could be my new thing. Yeah. And I come back and I'm like, I'm going to, I, I want to open up a gym. Like I want to do this. I want to figure out how to share this with others uh, because I was teaching kids in school and they just did not enjoy getting sweaty and they didn't want to work out. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, being a health and phys ed teacher, I thought every kid was going to be like me when I was in high school. And that is I'm way off. I was like, there's maybe like two kids like that, yeah. you know, lucky in each class. So I felt like I was spending all this time trying to get these kids to buy into what I was doing versus if I had a gym, then I'd be everybody that walked in wanted to be there. And I mm-hmm. wouldn't be spending time trying to talk them into doing something, I'd actually get to spend time teaching them all these things that I was learning and kind of diving into them together. Mm-hmm. So that's when I did the scariest thing in the world in 2013. I leave, I leave teaching and I go to open a gym. And I told my parents, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to open a gym. <laughs> what, was, like, what was their oh. reaction? They're like, what? <laughs> I was like, home, Pittsburgh. I was like, I remember sitting at the kitchen table I brought everybody in. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to leave teaching. I'm going to open a gym. What do you, what do you guys think about that? And I just remember my dad was like, I love it. You know, my mom's like, what do you mean? Like, you know, it's kind of like mixed feelings. Um, And I was like, worst thing that happens is I just come live in your basement. (laughs) (laughs) So my dad and my mom and my brothers, uh, they all decide to actually relocate out to mentor, uh, Ohio to help me open a gym. And my brothers were in their senior year of high school at the time and they wanted to leave. They wanted to do this too. They had been uh, working out and part of a gym and they were like, this is the sport. Like we want to make this our sport. We watched Scott do it Mm -hmm. in 2012. Like we want to start pursuing this too. 
So they all come out. We opened this gym in 2013. We have like probably like 50, maybe 60 people show up on our opening day to like do our workout. And we have one person sign up. And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, what did I do? Like the gym's got all this equipment and it's like, what are we going to do? Like Monday, my dad and I come in, we both come in at like 5.30 a.m. Excited, hope more people come in. We have one person. I was just like, oh, dad, oh man, what's going to happen? So, you know, we coached the, coached the hell out of that one guy and uh, one turned into two and it just continued to go from there. But in 2012, 13, like it was a new sport. It was a new thing. Like people didn't know what CrossFit was like, like they do, like they do now. There was no Netflix documentaries or a lot of info out there. There was CrossFit journals that I had read and, uh, a little, little bit of information out there. But yeah, that's, uh, that's insane. Yeah. So it's very, very scary time. And that, uh, um, we just started, we started to grow from there and, I mean, I could keep going just like along with my life, but you yeah. tell me when to stop. I told you I could ramble. So I want to, I want to zero in on a little bit and that transition that you made, you said the scariest thing in your life, taking that leap from, I'm going to quit my secure, stable job, teaching, coaching. I'm going to, I'm going to walk away from the paycheck that I know that's going to be here every other Friday to, yeah. I'm going to start a gym. And I, I, I want to zero in on that moment in time because I think there's a lot of us out here who, you know, we have to decide what we want to be when we grow up, when we're probably way too young to make that decision for a lot of us, right? So we kind of go to school to get good grades, to get a good job. And then we leave, you know, we're 22, 23 out of college, get a job. And like, that's supposed to be our path for forever. But what I love about your story is that you were, you were on that path, but you also had your eyes and your ears and your heart open to say, Hey, I'm falling in love with this other thing over here. I got to go pursue this. I got to, I got to dive a little bit deeper. But I know that like society's also always telling us just, you know, play it safe, play it safe, play it safe. And I love that your dad gave you the permission, like, that's awesome. Let's go. Let's ride. Whole family moves <laughs> up there with you. But talk to me a little bit about that in the moment. Like, how scary was that? Like, what's going on in your head? Are you like, is self-doubt coming in? Like, coming in? Like, tell me a little bit about what's really going on in that decision. Yeah. I mean, when I first got out of school, I was like paycheck to paycheck. Like, I was living on my own. I'm paying off student loans. And I was just like, and to go and do this, I was like, well, like right now I'm not really making it. Like I'm making enough. Like, yeah. and I knew it would get better every year, but I knew that it wasn't where I was meant to be. And I was at an age where I didn't have, I didn't have, like, I was a single guy. I didn't, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. And it's a lot easier to take those risks, like take that risk at a younger age than it is like, at you know 35 40 like for like yep. if i was in that po point of my life now where i was teaching and i have a a daughter and a wife and a mortgage and you know all those other things that's now there's other people i need to be thinking about but mm -hmm. at the point in my life i'm like hey like let's go for this let's let's see what happens and you got to think of like what is the worst what is the worst possible thing that could happen and for me, it was like, I'd have to tuck my tail between my legs and go home and, you know, tell my parents like, Hey, I need your help. I, I failed, but I can't be afraid of failing in that situation to go and do it because then I'm always going to look back and wonder if now I look at, if I did that at this point in my life, the worst thing that happens is I lose my house. 
mm-hmm. you know, I can't put food on the table for my, my family and I can't provide and do what I need to as a, as a dad. And that mm-hmm. is, that is a problem. So I think that it's, it's definitely got to be a, a little timely and it's not to say I can't get there. It's that I may not be able to get there as fast. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I would share with people is like, Hey, just because you can't do it all now. Like if I had to make that transition, I'd be like, okay, Hey, how do I start with something small? Mm-hmm. How do I start with maybe just like getting a few of my friends and, and setting up a little gym in my, in my house and just saying like, Hey, like, let's start doing this thing. And then I get them interested mm-hmm. and then they're interested. And I'm like, Hey, let's, uh, you know, look to find a, a little bigger space. And then, you know, you start maybe charging a little bit for some few people to come in and it's something you do after, after school and you slowly start working towards it. I was on the fast, the fast, uh, track at, at 22, 23, where I was like, Hey, I don't only want to open a gym, but I also want to pursue this idea of like, how far can I take my fitness? Yeah. Um, so it was really like, there were two parts to the dream and I knew that one of them could provide for my family for the, you know, for the potentially for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And then the other one could help spark that for like spark that, that flame to ignite it and, mm-hmm. and make it come to life. Yeah. So I knew that it was going to be hard in multiple ways. One physically for me to go and like be the representation of like what that brand is actually going to be. Mm-hmm. But it's always been in my mind, like, Hey, the, this is the affiliate. The affiliate is the most important part because that is going to be around whether you're competing or not. Right. And that's never taken a back seat to me being an athlete. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I'm noticing. There's less and less people doing something on top of being an athlete now in our sport, which mm-hmm. is a little scary because at some point, like being an athlete will end. And mm-hmm. you're going to have to start over or figure out what it is that you're really, really passionate about. And I think that's the, you know, the pa- passion is the word that comes to mind is like, what are you most passionate about? What are you thinking about most of the day? What are you thinking about, you know, when you wake up in the morning that gets you excited and that that's worth more than money. That's a fulfilling life. And that's what we got to find is we got to find the things that fulfill us in life or give us the opportunity to feel, feel fulfilled. hundred percent. I love the way that you just articulated that too. Just, you know, for the guy who, you know, maybe he does, maybe he's married, he's listening to the show. He's probably married. He's probably got kids. Like what you're saying is it's, it's not impossible to go chase the dream, to pursue the dream. It just might take smaller, more steady, more consistent actions. Right. So it's like, and I think I'm probably an illustrator. I could be an illustration of this with this podcast. Like I, I have this dream of taking the show and impacting people across the country, across the world, but I'm not going to go walk away from the day job that keeps the lights on and food on the table in my house. So, you know, I'm up in the morning at four 30 in the morning, you know, writing yeah. stuff and reaching out to people and, and hounding, hounding you and, and, you know, bugging you and, and you know, trying yeah, to get no, you on stuff like that. So it's, it's a lot of little steps, but I can't share that, share that for a second. Like I, I'm going to sound like a bad guy here, but how many times did it take before you got me to come on? Oh gosh. Be honest, it's okay. uh, a handful or two. We'll say a couple a handful. handfuls of reach outs. But you, didn't give up, but you didn't give up. And that's, I told my wife, I was like, I got to get on. I want to get on with this guy because I'm excited to talk to him. And it, and I know like my life is crazy busy and you don't like, you don't know that. And your life yeah. is crazy busy. It's just about finding the right time to get on and, and share these things. But like, I think a lot of people think that things are just going to happen. 
And it's like, oh, like I tried it and, and, and I failed. Well, it's, no, no, no. Like you got to keep, you got to keep trying. 100%. Like it's a constant pursuit. It's like, I want to go and be able to do a pull up. Oh, like I went in and I tried and it didn't happen. It's yeah. like, okay, we'll go back again, but do something different. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, you, you can't do a pull-up. So you're like, Oh, I, I can't do pull-ups. Not going to do them. I'm bad at pull-ups, but like, no, you got to work at it. Like right. you got to do some, you know, accessory work, whatever around it. Um, yeah. yeah so man, I think I, that's, that's the message I would share with a lot of the people out there is like, Hey, you're unhappy in what you're doing in life, but it's providing for your family. Keep doing it, but you need to find something that you enjoy that you are passionate about. And then start putting it in during that free time that you have or create some free time. You said you get up mm -hmm. at 4.30 in the morning. Like your kids aren't up at 4.30 in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. yep. That's free time. Like you could go and do those things. And before I opened a gym, I remember waking up at like my first year competing at the CrossFit Games. I was waking up and working out before my strength and conditioning class came in in the morning at like 6.30. I was up yeah. working out before that class. Mm -hmm. so that I could get my workout in. And that was yeah. me being an athlete and a school teacher. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if I didn't do it and I didn't work out during that time, it did, I, I didn't have time to do it. Mm -hmm. So I made it the first thing I did during the day. Yeah, and It sounds to me like you're doing a, a similar thing. So it's, you know, a lot of people want to complain and be a victim to, you know, their life not being what they want it to be. And it's like, no, dude, like there's, there's time. Cut the Netflix you know, get rid of, you know, certain things in your life that aren't bearing fruit. Mm -hmm. And I think when you start doing that, your dreams are going to start coming true. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's a game. It's been, for me, it's just been a game of like, how well can I steward my time? Like how well can I take the moments that I have and utilize them, deploy them to get a return on them, whether that is you know, time with my wife, time with my kids, time in this podcast, time at work, whatever it is. It's like, if I'm spending my time, I try to think about it like I'm spending my money. Like, would I be happy with the way that I'm spending this? Like, yeah. do I watch some Netflix? For sure. I love watching some TV with mostly yeah. my wife will kick back and relax, but that's kind of time that we have together. But to your point, yeah, man, it's, it's just a, it's a game of actually making it happen. You can't just sit and complain and just say, oh, it's probably going to happen at some point. Like, it's not like, it's just oh, nothing is. Yeah. And um, time is one of the most valuable things that we can give to someone. It really is. And in that mm -hmm. includes yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, find some time wherever you can. And it could be 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it could be 20 minutes. Like, I want you to think about like the time you spend on social media or, you know, there's so many little moments in the day that you can you can start. It could be just starting by grabbing a notebook and like writing down, okay, these are the things I'm passionate about in life. Bop, 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 bop. Okay. What, which one of these things like is, could be something that I turn into a career? Okay. Now where do I go from there? And it's just like, you, you got to figure it out. And then you got to talk to people and it's 100%. like, your life, should, your life should be changing and evolving. I had a, a, a mentor of mine. He's also a really close friend. He asked me the other day, he said, he goes, I want you to think back to where you were 10 years ago. And he, and he started asking me questions about what were you doing? And I, and I, it goes back to like me, I was a teacher and where were you living? I was renting this little rinky dink house that was <laughs> a side by side du duplex. 
he goes, what were you driving? I was like, the white Mazda, like only car I could get somebody to, to lease to me with all my student loans. And he's like, what were you eating? And I was like, does he like white rice and like grilled chicken? That's it. Like, yeah. like nothing fancy. Um, and he was just asking me all these questions. Like what, like, were you passionate about what you're doing? Did you like what you were doing? Who were your friends? What did you do on the weekends? And I like, and he went through all these questions and I was just like, Oh my gosh. And he's like, think about where you're at now. Okay. And then he's like, now think about where do you want to be in 10 more years? Mm. And it's like, when you start thinking about your life and if you look back and you're like 10 years has gone by or even five years has gone by and I don't have any growth mm -hmm. and what, what's really happening. And, and that growth could be like, I was a single guy. Now I'm married. All right. What, I'm married now in 10 years. How can I strengthen my relationship with my wife? How can I improve? Like I have a daughter in 10 years from now, she's going to be uh, 11 and some change. Mm -hmm. Like, what do I want my relationship to be like with my daughter and my business? Do I want to still be running coaching classes and where am I at as a, as an athlete? Is my body okay? Am I healthy? And, you know, and you start thinking about like, how do I continue to take strides to become a, a, a better person? And it's crazy. It's, it's crazy when you start thinking about it that way. Yeah. It's, I think we, or I have in the past, I think other people probably struggle with this too, but we fall into this trap of thinking way too short term. We're thinking of like what feels good in the moment rather than being willing to zoom out and say, okay, in 10 years down the line, am I willing to really consider like delay the gratification now to see what I want in 10 years and have that be the like the fixture point, the focal point that we're, like that we're focused on, and then look at what you're doing today and say, is what I'm doing moving in that direction, or am I going the other direction? Like, where are we going? Like, it just having that level of intentionality. It, excuse me, intentionality. I love the way that you just articulated that. That's I think that's brilliant and and super helpful for hopefully for people listening. That's that's a it's a mindset that I've adopted um, over the last year, and it's helped me tremendously. Uh, but I want to transition a little bit. So you mentioned your daughter. Tell us a little bit about your daughter. Open mic. When somebody yeah. says, Hey, tell me about your daughter. Like, how do you answer that? Oh man. She is like a walking mini version of me. <laughs> it, is, it is insane. I, I'm, it, it blows my mind every day. Like from like when she gets frustrated and when she laughs, like, I'm like, this is just like a little version of me. Like yesterday in the gym, like I was teaching her to like take a PVC pipe and put it above her head uh -huh. and, you know, like a barbell and then yeah. she'd like bring it down behind her head and she knows how to do a squat. And like, I had her squat and then she'd like slam the bar on the ground afterwards. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, I love it. Or like, she'll be eating, she'll be eating. And like, she's like, Hmm, Hmm. And yeah. she's like more, more. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've never seen, seen a little girl eat pizza the way she she can eat pizza but um she just loves so hard and uh, I think just like when I see her I'm just like just I didn't I didn't know that you could love someone as much as I I love her like mm -hmm. I mean it's I love I, and I love I, I feel that way about my wife too I think that was it like you you find like your person and I'm just yep. like I love her so much. And I'm like, I don't like, how's anyone else going to ever be like that? And then you have a, a, a son or a daughter and you're like, oh man, like I, oh, wow. 
It's just like <laughs> a love I've never felt. And I could be having the worst day in the world and she just, you know, smiles or walks in and does something cute. And I'm just like, man, this is, this is great. Yeah. I don't want to miss a moment of it. Uh, dude, I totally get it. You know, when I, when our first was born, it was the first time I really started to understand how, you know, emotionally and just as human beings, how we can really, our capacity can expand past what we can currently comprehend. You know, it's just like, like you were just saying, like, man, you get married and you're like, I can't love somebody more than this. Like, you know, and then we've got dogs and I'm like, I don't know if I can love my kids more than my dogs. I don't know if I got room for that, you know? And then like my son's born I'm like, okay, yeah, I can. And then it's like, all right, we're gonna have another one. Like now I'm guilty. Cause I feel like I'm gonna, you know, have to love sacrifice. Yeah. I'm going to have to like <laughs> siphon off some of my love and share some when really the capacity just expands. And we're talking about trying to adopt right now. And we're, we're working through that, trying to add a third one. And I'm still in my head. I'm like, oh man. All right. Well, capacity's expanded to this point. Like, is my heart going to pop at some point? Like how far are we going to take this thing? Um, man, I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's wild. So tell me, so she's, you said she's about a year and a half or so right now. Is that right? About uh, 18 months, I think. Okay. Gotcha. Is there anything where, so where are you in the parenting journey with her? I feel like that's when they start to become little human beings and you kind of step, you start to step out of like, we're just going to keep them alive. It's like, you kind of have to start to really parent around that age. So tell me like, what are we working on? Well, I struggled the whole, like keeping them alive. Like I, when we brought her home, I had some like really rough nights you know, you got her next to the bed and mm-hmm. like I'd wake up and like, I knew Kristen would be like, it was like holding her. And then like, I'd fall back asleep and I'd wake up and be like, Oh my God, is she in the bed? And like <laughs> all over the place. And thank yeah. goodness we're, we're past, we're past that, that point where I'm actually sleeping better. Um, That's good. That's but good. Uh, yeah, she's just, she's a sponge right now and just conversations and i talk to her and she you know she listens it's great you know it's a great mm-hmm. relationship someday i'm gonna look back and be like and there used to be a time you really listened to me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're about 19 months old you knew a few words that was like more yeah <laughs> simpler oh, times yeah simple times right yeah um, but yeah she's um you know starting to develop a personality she's starting to be more aware of like what's going on most recently, I feel like when I'm not around, she's asking where, you know, like, dad, dad, like, where's dad? Mm-hmm. Or like, when my wife isn't around, she's like, mom, like, mom, where's, you know, she's yeah. not saying where's mom, but she's like, is looking around for us. So I think that's really cool to, to see that, like, awareness that we're not both there. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows how to, like, she knows how to love, like, she comes up and, you know, gives hugs and kisses and, you know, she's got some favorite toys and foods I'm starting to see like frustration. How do you handle frustration? And I'm like, oh, you're definitely my child. You are not very patient. Like, you got that for me. Your mom's the most patient woman in the world. That is not, that is not. So uh, I'm hoping in time she'll develop that area. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. That's an exciting time. That's what I, I tell people when they, you know, they say they have kids around that age. I feel like that's when they start turning the corner. Like I said, just becoming little humans. And that's a fun time watching them discover the world, discover their emotions, like the negative emotions. Gosh, that's one of the hardest things I've found in teaching my kids, just helping them navigate that. Like, you know, just like anger. How do you handle anger? Are we going to go smack the next person we see? Or are we going to learn how to like take a deep breath? And like, 
Yeah. You have to teach that to your, like, it's hard oh, to do it, but man, we got to do it. But that's a yeah. fun age. So it tell is. me, like, if I put you on the spot and just ask for, you know, best parenting advice so far, mm-hmm. what would be, if you're giving somebody else some advice, what would you say is the, the best advice you could give them? I would say your relationship with your wife is so important. How you treat your wife is going to be how your daughter lets some man treat her someday. And she's watched, like I watch her watch me all the time when I give my wife, Kristen, a kiss or a hug or show affection in that way. And um, like me yelling or screaming and little things like that. Like everything is on display. Like, like I said, she's a sponge. Mm -hmm. So like they're watching everything, you know, whether they like completely understand or not, they, Mm -hmm. they're seeing it and it's, it's in there for sure. So I think that's, that's really important. And then the other thing is, um, my relationship with God is something that I've really been digging into. And I want to make sure that everything that I'm teaching Kinsley that I like, I took time and explored on my own and I want to be able to teach her and share God with her and Mm -hmm. not it be the world or someone in school or anyone else. Like I want, I want to take on that responsibility and that's a huge responsibility and it's a very scary responsibility, but she's going to learn something, whether it's from me or it's from someone else. And I want to make sure it's for me. So my relationship, my walk with God is, has changed a lot. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that? Maybe how you came to faith and how you've grown in that yeah. recently? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's definitely, um, changed my life, kind of rocked my world, uh, I guess you could say. And yeah. uh, from a, a athlete perspective as a, you know, a father and husband and son, all those things. I, uh, I grew up um, knowing God and mm-hmm. uh, I believed in God. I prayed to God and I uh, went to, you know, went to church every Sunday, but I, I did it because it was the right thing to do. And I didn't really have a strong understanding of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up Catholic and um, I went to Sunday school or we called it CCD on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And we read, you know, Bible verses. And I, and I always felt like I was even an altar boy. So like I, I grew up knowing God, my parents did a, a wonderful job teaching me all those things, but I always felt like it was this huge puzzle. Let's just say you're in an empty room and I had this huge puzzle that needed to be put together that explained everything. And I had chunks of it all around the room Mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to see the picture. Like I wasn't able to see what it was yet. Mm -hmm. I had maybe some corners and little bits and pieces done. And I, 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 I knew all, I knew all these things, but it just never came together for me. And I got really complacent with my relationship uh, with God, uh, especially through college. I, you know, I felt God kind of pulling me in at times, like, and I felt like it was always with me. Mm -hmm. Um, They had a fellowship of Christian athletes that I would pop into from time to time, but I was never like there every week, but it was just like, it was like just enough to like, to keep me rooted. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was, I, I was, you know, he was still there. Mm-hmm. And I, 
And I feel like it was just like, like I was like under his wing and he was just, just walking me through and just like really, really helping me, me get through some, some difficult times. And I prayed and, you know, I read some books here and there, but um, as I got out of, out of college, like out of college and started living on my own and I explored a couple churches, didn't have a lot of luck and just didn't feel right. And, um, and just got really complacent. And I felt like I was probably praying less than I had been as a, as a kid and, uh, and just, it wasn't good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I look back, it was just like, my life wasn't bearing a lot of fruit in in that way where I, I felt like very empty inside. And I felt like early on, I was a football player, right? I identified myself as a football player. And then I started identifying myself as a CrossFitter and, and then that, like is when you identify yourself as just one thing, when that one thing gets taken from you, who are you? Like what, what's left? Like if you took that thing out of your life, who are you? Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time in my career, even like I still for a long time throughout my CrossFit career, I was, I've been in the sport for 10 years. I identified myself with, if someone asked me who it was like, Oh yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a CrossFit athlete and a CrossFit gym owner. And, now I look at myself and I'm, I'm you know, uh, a, a man that loves, loves God and I'm a father and uh, a husband and a son and a brother and all these other things. And I, that list has gotten really big. And then like, yeah, I'm a cross, I'm a CrossFit athlete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not who I am. And it took something really um, bad in my life to redirect me back to, to God. Uh, my wife and I lost our, our first baby. And uh, I, I really, really was struggling on why something bad like that could happen. And mm-hmm. why, why did God do this to me? Why is this happening to me? And Um, and I had a lot of questions and I had, and I was, I was angry. I went through a lot of the different stages of, of grief. And, um, I started a a Bible study. I had a, a, a buddy of mine who sent me a Bible and, uh, I got it in the mail. It was just weird. It was like, this is all like right around COVID actually. It wasn't crazy long ago. Mm -hmm. Sent me a Bible. I look at it. I'm like, I wouldn't understand anything in this thing. It's terrifying. If I open it and I don't finish it, I'm going to fail. Like, and I didn't want to fail. I don't like setting out to do something. If I think I'm going to fail, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to feel that way. Mm-hmm. So I put it away. And I, and I said to myself, I was like, I wouldn't understand it. And the next day I'm sitting at the gym and I, uh, one of our members comes in and he, and he has, he goes, I have something for you. I was like, Oh, cool. Like, this is exciting. <laughs> and he, he hands me a study Bible that has like notes on how to break down the Bible. And I, I kid you not, I have not said anything to anyone about me getting a Bible or uh, like nothing. And I'm just, he's just like something on my heart told me I needed to give this to you. And I was just like, Oh geez, like this is pretty scary right now. Like you yeah. read the Bible, like yeah. So like not out of fear, but like out of like wow, like God's speaking to me right now. Like people were like, I want God to speak to me. I'm like, listen, this is God speaking to you. And uh, 
I'd been having conversations. I, uh, during COVID, we built a 400 meter loop around our property line in the woods and I'd been clearing it and talking to God and just like, like, just why is this how, you know, and just frustrated. And, and I get this Bible, I start a, a Bible study group and I start digging in. And at first I'm like, I need to get this thing read. I need to read it and check that box. Mm-hmm. And I realized very quickly, it's not about checking a box. This is a lifelong journey, just like your relationship with your wife, just like everything, like be a lifelong learner. So then I start reading it. We start a Bible study group. I start exploring churches again. I find the right church. My wife and I get baptized in that church. Uh, we end up having, you know, during that time too, like she was pregnant during COVID. And once we found out we were, you know, having a, a little girl and I was like, man, there's going to be a big responsibility here on what she learns and knows and understands and how she gets through hard times, like what we just went through. And that made me pursue, like, or made me want to pursue all those things, which has led me to this like new, better version of me, which is not identifying myself as an athlete um, and that being a small part of my life and trying to find ways to serve others. Um, We started a Bible study at our gym, uh, inviting people, you know, we moved it to the church for a little, it's back to the gym and and just digging into my faith uh, more and more has made me more joyful. And it's taken a lot of stress away in other areas of my life that I felt like were so important. I was just like, oh, this is, you know, me winning the CrossFit games was trying to fill something in my heart that it was, it, it wasn't going to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't realize it until the CrossFit games this past year. Uh, I'm with a pastor in a parking lot. I'd, I'd met up with one of my close friends and his buddy is a pastor. And he's like, Hey, he wants to talk to you. And we just unfolded a bunch of emotions and things that were going on. And, and I felt like I was having like the same thing was happening to me. Like this was supposed to be my best year, just like my senior year of football. Like it was my year. Our team had won some national championships. It was my, I was a starting running back. It was my turn. And then it got taken from me. And this year I was like, man, this is the fittest I've ever been. I had the best start to my season and then I got hurt and it's being taken from me again. And I was just like, so upset. And there was something that came over me um, in the parking lot when he just started praying over my knee. And he was just like, God, we ask you to heal, you know, Scott's knee and he's praying and he's like touching my knee. And like, he looks up at me and he goes, do you believe that this can be healed? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you? And I was like, yeah. I was like, but it doesn't seem that like, like I, I, it made me feel almost like wrong for like wanting my knee to be better so I could go and do something that was to like glorify me, which I was just like, wow, like, you know, this thing that I'm chasing. And that's not, and this is still like me in this like spiritual kind of journey and, and, mm-hmm. and learning and understanding and finding joy. And, you know, what I was chasing was this like idea of like me being this champion in the sport of CrossFit was going to fulfill something inside of me. Um, and I, and it, and it, and it wasn't. And what it opened my eyes to was that I had an opportunity to show up, work hard and show people that there's more to CrossFit than being just an athlete. You have so much more to offer. You guys 
the athletes that are showing up have this, this platform. And there are people that have, that have worked so hard as much as hard as they have, like every athlete you see on stage at the games has people around them that are doing so much for them, family and friends. And, um, and when they look at you on the floor, they see you as a champion. And when my wife looks at me and like my daughter looks at me, like I'm a champion, like I feel like a champion. And once I realized that, I was just like, wow, like, you know, more people are going to relate to me getting through this weekend and we're like, and just digging in and putting everything that I have into it and showing people like, no matter what you can, you just gotta, you can overcome, you can do it, you know, dig in. And it was more about like, I want to finish this weekend and I'm going to have faith that, that God's going to put me where I'm supposed to be. You know, he's going to teach me something from this weekend. And he did. It was like the most, like I was hurt. It was probably one of the most painful games of my life. Aside from 2016, when I ruptured my plantar fashion, the first event, (laughs) (laughs) but I felt more, I can tell you this. I, I had an injury that time too. And I felt way more joyful this time. And the first time I was, was really angry and upset and struggled. And the difference was I didn't have the fit, like the, 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 the support, like I didn't have as many people redirecting me back to God. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have God as, as like, like as much in my heart. Like I didn't, I felt like I didn't have the Holy spirit in me. Like I felt like the mm-hmm. Holy spirit, it came into my heart over these last few years and it's changed and it's made me more joyful and I'm blessed and grateful that it happened because it's changed my life and uh, I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm competing now. I, I, I retired like, but I'm competing because I want moments. Like I, it's mm-hmm. not even about winning anymore. It's like, I just want moments and if I can create some moments, it's worthwhile. Man, I got to say that um, with everything you just outlined right there, that's one of my favorite segments we've had on this show so far. That is just a beautiful expression of, you know, you're, you're coming into faith and, and not just checking the box, but really, really, like you said, have feeling the Holy Spirit in you and, and really embracing that and, you know, glorifying him and not yourself. And man, there's, I feel like, the nuggets you just embedded into that story. We could talk for hours on that, um, but it, it won't do it. It won't do that story any justice for me to try to extract them all right now. And I know we're up on time. So Scott, I just want to thank you so much for, again, for making some time today, for letting me continue to bug you over and over and for, for being patient with me and for, you know, coming on today, man, and, and just expressing everything you just expressed. That was awesome. So Scott, where is the best place for people to follow you, find out more about you, get in touch with you? Yeah, I would say I'm most active on Instagram uh, and it's my name, Scott Panchik, P-A-N-C-H-I-K. Awesome. We'll, uh, we'll link it up on Instagram. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, Scott, thank you again so much. We'll, uh, we'll keep in touch. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See you.